Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Oh, it is morning here in Germany. So, guten Morgen, all you lovely people. (laughs) I had to jump on here and do a voice recording because last night I had sleep paralysis. Um, For those of you who don't know what sleep paralysis is, it's basically when you feel like you're awake and you're paralyzed in your bed, unable to move. And in my case, I often see shadowy figures that both interact with me and I can see moving around my room. And if you think that's terrifying, you're right. It's one of the most terrifying things I've ever experienced. But thankfully, I'm at a much better place now with my sleep paralysis. I'm going to explain a lot about how sleep paralysis has affected me, but also I want to get into the history of sleep paralysis and um, other people who experience sleep paralysis because it doesn't just happen to me, it happens to so many people and cultures around the world and it has been happening for as far back as people have been dreaming or can at least write down their dreams. I'm going to be getting personal with this episode, so if you want to learn more about my nightly nightmare, let's talk about it, shall we? Hello, all you curiosity enthusiasts. How are you feeling today? You feeling good? Because I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good. Because today's episode is a bit different than most of the other podcast episodes here on Little Curiosities. Because I'm going to be talking about something pretty personal. This is something that's been happening to me for quite some time. Probably from around when I was a teenager, about to go to college, till now. So I'm still experiencing this. And I'm not going to lie, it's a bit scary. Today's episode is about sleep paralysis. So through this episode, I'll be talking about my personal experience with sleep paralysis, the history and folklore surrounding this phenomena, and the science behind it. This is also going to be a two-parter, partially because there's just so much to cover about sleep paralysis and the ins and outs of it, but also because I made an interesting discovery while I was traveling down the road of trying to understand this anomaly better. What was that discovery, you may ask? Lucid dreaming. So part one, sleep paralysis and the nightly nightmare, and then make sure to check out part two for the dream beyond conquering the nightmare with an episode on lucid dreaming. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself, so let's get started with part one, sleep paralysis. The beginning. So what exactly is sleep paralysis? Sleep paralysis is when you are seemingly awake in your bed, but you're paralyzed, unable to move. With some people, like myself, this paralysis can be accompanied by terrifying hallucinations. 8-10% to of the population experience this phenomena, and it can quite literally be spine-chilling. But it's absolutely harmless aside from a good fright. I'm going to tell you a bit about my personal experience with sleep paralysis, but firstly, just a bit of a warning, not only can this be a little bit eerie, but I also want to let you know that this phenomena, in my experience, has a tendency to transfer to people. 
I haven't found much research as to why, but a very small percentage of people I've told about this have then gone on to call me the next day saying, dude, that thing you were talking about, that paralysis thing, just happened to me last night. And I've also seen a documentary called The Nightmare when this exact phenomenon happened, where the person experiencing the sleep paralysis went to tell someone about it, and then that person also got it. I myself got my sleep paralysis from my sister. She experienced it first, and then a few nights later, I started having it. So if you're afraid of experiencing things like sleep paralysis or shadowy figures yourself, or you just don't want this energy, for lack of a better word, you can go on and skip to part two. I'm guessing it has something to do with the mind being more aware of a phenomena once it's introduced, and part of sleep paralysis is being more aware as you fall asleep, but that's just my theory. I am a very logical person in most regards, and I try my best to take away a lot of the mysticism surrounding this phenomena, but there's still always going to be things we can't quite explain, and a spooky is spooky. So you have been warned. Here we go. The first time I saw a shadow figure was when I was in my early teens. I was laying in my bed, and it was early enough in the night for the hallway light to still be on, so I remember my door was open, and I can see that the light was on in the hallway. And then from that source of light, a shadow figure came into my room. And I initially thought this was my dad. This shadow figure paced around, looking around my room for something. And so I asked, what are you looking for? And the shadow figure replied, smoke, smoke, I hate the smoke. And this confused me because that was a weird answer to my question, but I ignored it and instead said, um, yeah, I don't like smoke either, it gets in my eyes. The shadow figure then looked under my bed and walked out of my room. I really didn't think it was weird because, again, I thought this figure was my dad until the next morning when I asked my dad, what were you doing in my room last night? And he replied, I didn't go in your room last night. So that was the first time I came face to face with these shadow figures, but it only got weirder and creepier from there. I started getting visited by these shadow figures almost nightly, every night. Only during these visits, I was paralyzed. I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, and I felt relatively helpless as I saw these shadow figures around me. And I came to recognize what it would feel like before sleep paralysis set in. So I explain it as being sucked into my mattress, as if I was made of metal and the mattress was a magnet pulling me into the bed. For me, these shadow figures would always come in different forms, whether it was a dog, a man, a woman, it was always something different. I remember one time I was in my dorm room and my sister was staying up extra late as she was studying for some kind of test or working on some kind of assignment, and I was just laying in bed watching her work, and then from the corner of my eye to my left, I saw the shadow figure. And I remember thinking to myself, don't look at it, it'll take over your body. And then I heard a laugh that was the exact same laugh as one of my friends in college. And I turned to look at it and the shadow figure had tricked me. Like in my mind, I was like, dang it, it tricked me and it took over my body and became this woman who wrapped her arms and legs around me and started rocking me back and forth. And I was paralyzed, I couldn't move. And when I finally managed to push her off, I woke up and asked my sister if she saw anything, and she said, no, uh, I might have heard you moaning a little bit, but I didn't see anything. 
Sometimes before a sleep paralysis episode would happen, I could hear dragging on the floor as if there was someone dragging their body trying to get to me. And I would stand up out of bed, turn on the lights, try to find the source of the noise. I could never find it. I remember laying in bed, straining so hard and listening and trying to figure out the source of the noise. Like, I would try to justify it in my head by saying, oh, maybe it's like the washing machine or maybe it's a next door neighbor. But it always sounded just like someone was dragging their body as if their legs were broken or it was some kind of zombie and they were dragging their body at the base of my bed. I'm laughing now, but it really was no joke back then. A lot of the times before a sleep paralysis episode, I remember feeling extremely tired as if I had just been drugged. And a lot of people who experience sleep paralysis say the same thing. They say they can barely keep their eyes open. They're so exhausted as if they've been drugged. And finally, when they give in, that's when the sleep paralysis comes. So there's a few times that this happened, but one time I remember hearing pacing in my hallway back and forth, back and forth, and I had felt this exhaustion and I was lying in bed exhausted. I could barely keep my eyes open. And as soon as I gave in to that exhaustion, the pacing stopped and then I can hear the footsteps come towards me. I can feel this shadow person get into my bed and then it started to spoon me. And I remember feeling its warm breath on my neck as it was breathing like heavily, like almost desperately breathing on my neck. And like I mentioned before, these shadow figures would sometimes take the shape of somebody that I knew. So when I was in a relationship in college and I was in the same bed as my boyfriend, they would turn into the shadow figure. I just would remember that they'd sit up in bed and I'd think, oh, what are they doing? They're awake. And then they would all of a sudden like wrap their arms around me and I'd be paralyzed and I couldn't move and I could feel them like groping my body and breathing heavily. And in my mind, I was like, this is definitely not my boyfriend. That happened a few times to me as well. I started to realize that it didn't matter where I was, who I was with, I always had these sleep paralysis dreams at night. Sometimes I'd be sleeping over at a friend's house and I'd be in my sleeping bag and it would come in the form of a dog that would pace next to my bed and I can hear it panting and looking at me. And during these sleep paralysis episodes, the only thing I can control was my breathing. I can control the pace of my breath. So I learned to tell my boyfriend at the time if he ever heard me breathing really fast, that would mean I was in a sleep paralysis episode and he had to shake me awake. So yeah, it sounds kind of like it's from a horror movie. It sounds absolutely terrifying and I'm sorry. But to me, it was completely real. It was not a movie and it kept on getting worse over time and I just didn't know what it was. My first thought was, I must be schizophrenic, right? Like, what do you do when you're faced with hallucinations that happen every night and it feels real? You think, I must have something wrong with my mind. I must have a mental illness. So I did what any other person would do. I took to the internet, I Googled away, and I found some fascinating journals written by patients who were suffering from schizophrenia. There was this one man who described walking down the stairs and finding a man sitting at his kitchen table as real as day who came to inform him about a secret mission. And one of my symptoms was hallucinations. So I thought this could potentially be something that I am experiencing. And that was my theory for a while, but the more I researched it, the more I realized, you know what, I don't think this is what it is. So I was kind of relieved to find that I most likely didn't have a mental illness. 
but I still had a lot of questions as to what these nightly visits were and what they meant. My first realization that others were experiencing the same thing I was, was when I was watching Montel Williams. He had this reoccurring psychic guest come on, and her name was Sylvia Brown, and she would give psychic readings to a number of people who came on the show. And one of them, just like me, was struggling with sleep paralysis and was also being visited by shadow demons. Sylvia recommended that this woman say a phrase to ward off the dark spirits, and I can still recall it to this day. She said to say, may the white light surround me and everyone I care about, and may I not leave or enter my body tonight. And I know it might sound silly, but this literally became my nightly mantra. And it honestly did make me feel better at times when I was alone in my bed. But the shadow people did still keep coming. But I'm not the only one experiencing these nightly terrors. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I asked all of you what your experiences with sleep paralysis were on my Instagram page, and I was surprised to find there were so many of you that had sleep paralysis. I had absolutely no idea that it was such a big community. Can I say community? I'm just going to tell you a few of the answers I got, and some of them are scary, just like mine, so fair warning. One person said, first time I didn't hallucinate. I felt like I was dying because I can feel my heart slow down. Second time, I fell asleep on the couch, and when I woke up, I saw an old man and two others scowling at me. I think it's interesting that this person saw actual faces. Normally, when I see hallucinations, they're just a dark, almost like a 3D shadow. So it's interesting that these hallucinations had faces, but some people that I research do see actual people, not just shadow people. Someone else recalls a memory from their childhood saying, I was around six years old and woke up from a nightmare. And when I woke up, I remember seeing a shadowy figure and it looked like it was walking towards me. I couldn't move. My whole body went numb. I remember trying to scream for my parents, but my body wasn't allowing me to scream. It was the scariest thing. Yeah, it is scary because you, you can't say anything. You almost feel like you want to call for help, but it's preventing you from doing so. You have no power to get help. And that's probably one of the most terrifying things about sleep paralysis. Okay, and this one gives me chills. They say, it feels like someone is dragging me from my feet. Always scares me. Ugh, I've had that feeling too, when I've had the sleep paralysis demon drag me out of my bed and try to bring me underneath my bed. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. It's like the boogeyman that's hiding underneath your bed. And I found this next one to be pretty odd because I don't hear too many that have this sort of experience. They said, I hallucinated once during it. 
I was in my bed one moment and the next I was on the wall. I picture them almost like Spider-Man just transporting to their wall, looking down at their body. I'm not sure if they saw their body, but there are a lot of people that have a sort of out of body experience when they're going through sleep paralysis and they can actually see themselves sleeping in their bed, like watching themselves. And, uh, That has to be the most chilling thing. I don't think I've ever had an experience like that with my sleep paralysis. Also, whenever I feel like I'm out of my bed during sleep paralysis, I don't look back. So I think it's the fear of potentially seeing my body laying in bed. But maybe next time I'll have to do that and see if I can see myself sleeping. And again, I honestly didn't know that there were so many people experiencing this until I looked at all of your replies. And most of you guys expressed a feeling of terror or feeling afraid to go to bed because of these experiences. And I've been there. I know how that feels. So thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences. Hopefully the rest of this podcast helps give some clarity or answers you may be looking for as to why you are experiencing sleep paralysis. I know that researching and looking for answers definitely helped me with my sleep paralysis and overcoming it. But when it first happened, I sure had a lot of questions as to why this was happening to me. And I went through a lot of theories, a lot of very interesting theories. But to be honest, knowing that I wasn't the only one experiencing this was somehow comforting. In fact, sleep paralysis goes as far back as the 10th century, and it's been documented literally all over the world. Because of this, these seemingly supernatural episodes have some pretty terrifying myths to go along with them. There's one called the Old Hag in Newfoundland, and she's described as a witch-like, wrinkly woman with long hair. She appears at the foot of your bed or sitting on top of you, holding you down. And this experience is so common in that area that people have phrases like, I was hagged last night, or I got hag-ridden. And this is where the word haggard even comes from, meaning ridden by the hag. On a side note, the word nightmare also comes from the experience of sleep paralysis. It's derived from Old English, night, because it happens at night, I'm guessing, and mare, meaning a mythological demon or goblin who torments others with frightening dreams. In Japan, it's known as a medieval Japanese spell called kanashibari, aka to immobilize as if bound by metal chains. It's also referred to as the pillow flipper. Most often, this spell is used to subdue an opponent or to expel an evil spirit. I would say that it seems like an evil spirit itself, so (laughs) maybe you need a spirit to expel another evil spirit? The Catalan legend speaks of the Pacenta, an enormous dog that sneaks into people's homes at night, sometimes through keyholes or under door cracks, and lays on their chest, making it difficult for them to breathe and giving them frightening nightmares. Occasionally, this creature is depicted as a cat, and if you've ever had a friend with a cat, you've probably experienced this yourself, but just not the nightmare-paralyzed version. Artistic representations of this creature show it as black and hairy, with steel paws, These metal paws are said to have holes, so the creature can't grab anything. And if you remember earlier, I did mention I was visited by some shadow dog, so maybe it was just the placenta. In America today, this experience seems to manifest itself into alien abductions, where the victims will have strikingly similar stories. I've researched a few of them, and all remember waking up to find themselves paralyzed, surrounded by alien-like creatures. They hear electrical sounds and feel zaps through their bodies, sometimes even levitating out of their bed. 
The aliens will often probe them in different orifices, and after a few minutes, the aliens vanish, and the victims are back in their bed, now able to move, though I'll bet left traumatized as a result. A book titled Abducted, How People Came to Believe They Were Kidnapped by Aliens by Susan Clancy, a psychologist who has interviewed dozens of self-proclaimed abductees on their experiences, gives a pretty interesting explanation as to why so many people experience this phenomenon, and then go on to create what she labels as false memories. Sleep paralysis has mystified so many for such a long period of time that there's even a rather chilling documentary about sleep paralysis called The Nightmare that interviews multiple people about their experiences. This is the same documentary I was talking about earlier where one of the people interviewed had expressed that their sleep paralysis had transferred to another person, and I did manage to bring myself to watch it. I'm always really terrified to either talk about sleep paralysis or to watch things about it, only because I feel like it strengthens my experiences, but I'm glad that I did see it because it showed me that there's a lot of striking similarities with my experience, and a lot of people had it way worse than I did. But also, when I was watching the documentary, I felt sad for the people who were experiencing sleep paralysis because, just like me, they were so confused and trying to find logical answers as to why they were experiencing it. And the documentary almost didn't really give answers. There was no scientific backing as to what sleep paralysis was. And so I felt like it was more so a horror documentary for the sake of being scary, as opposed to giving any answers about what sleep paralysis was. So I do have some research later on in this podcast about what sleep paralysis is to make it less scary and to kind of disarm it in a way. So stay tuned. It's not just a horrifying, scary thing, though it still is. Being someone who experiences sleep paralysis quite regularly, I can understand why some minds may grasp towards the supernatural, say that it's aliens or that it's some kind of mystical demon. Because while you're in sleep paralysis, it feels incredibly real. The demon's breath on my neck is warm and wet. I can feel each digit of the bony fingers grabbing onto my arm. And whatever is laying in bed next to me has weight. I can hear the creaking of the mattress. Often I'm left wondering, how can my mind make this up so vividly? Am I going insane? But I've come to find that the brain is capable of a lot more than we realize. At times, it can and will alter our reality. From something as simple as an illusion that has tricked us into thinking a still image is moving before our eyes, to mental disorders such as schizophrenia that I mentioned earlier where individuals suffering experience full-on conversations with people they manifest in their minds. But if sleep paralysis isn't really demons trying to possess you, then what is it? Research says it's when someone gets caught between wakefulness and sleeping. There are two types of sleep paralysis, hypnagogic and hypnopompic. Hypnagogic, also known as predormital sleep paralysis, occurs just before falling asleep that transition from wakefulness to sleep. This is the form of sleep paralysis I was experiencing most often. And then hypnopompic, and this occurs just after waking up, the transition from sleeping to wakefulness. I've experienced this less frequently, but it still happens occasionally. Also, since I was experiencing sleep paralysis nearly every night, it's considered isolated reoccurring sleep paralysis. So why are people becoming paralyzed specifically when they fall asleep or when they wake up? 
When you are in sleep mode and going through REM or rapid eye movement, your brain is active, but your body's not. This is because your body paralyzes itself so it doesn't act out your dreams. Your brain accomplishes this by releasing glycine and GABA, which affects all of your muscles except for your eyes and respiratory system. The glycine and GABA brain receptors basically switch off the specialized cells in the brain that allow the body to be active. If it didn't, your bed partner may find themselves in the middle of a fight battle as you dream about taking down a monster. Researchers explain that sometimes the mind wakes up, but the body doesn't, leaving you in an aware state as your body can't move or speak. So it's a sort of miscommunication between the dream world and the waking world. I couldn't find much information on it, but I'm guessing sleepwalking may be linked to a similar disconnection where the opposite is true. The brain is asleep and the body somehow unparalyzes itself so one is able to act out their dreams. It's incredibly rare for a patient to experience a reoccurrence of both sleep paralysis and sleepwalking. However, they're both categorized as an intrusion of REM or a REM disorder. So here are a few theories as to why someone experiences sleep paralysis. Narcolepsy is one explanation. So is disrupted sleep patterns, PTSD, stress, bipolar disorder, medications like those for ADHD, lack of sleep, substance abuse, and one source said that sleeping on your back could trigger sleep paralysis. I always did used to sleep on my back, so that could be the reason. And after hearing this, I started sleeping on my side, and it actually kind of worked a bit, but unfortunately still happened. And that's how I got spooned by a few shadow people at times, which was fun. As of now, it's not clear why sleep paralysis happens to some more than others, but it's linked to insomnia. And there are ways that doctors recommend to treat or prevent it, such as having a regular healthy sleep schedule consisting of six to eight hours of sleep a night, as well as a fixed bedtime. There are certain drugs and medications you can take, but unless your condition is extremely severe, I wouldn't go down the pill route without fully researching it and asking your doctor. Scientists may not know exactly what causes sleep paralysis, but many experts believe that the fear of realizing you can't move while in sleep paralysis may be one of the reasons frightening hallucinations like the shadow demons are created in the mind in the first place. While we're fighting the limbo stages of wakefulness and sleep, our realities are taking on aspects of the dream world, and our dream world is very sensitive to our suggestions, and I'll go on to explain why this is a good thing in next week's episode. When I'm experiencing sleep paralysis, I found that the more I allow myself to be overcome with panic and dread, the stronger the shadow demons become, and the more control they appear to have. By recognizing that I'm the one in control, I'm now able to switch the narrative of my sleep paralysis dreams into something I've grown to, as impossible as it may seem, look forward to, lucid dreaming. The ability to be aware while you're transitioning into a state of dreaming opens up a whole new world of possibilities, even if it can be at times terrifying. A lot of what we can't explain has a tendency to morph into demons, but as I always like to point out, it's moving past those fears and approaching something with curiosity that allows it to be that much more beautiful. And it also gives it the ability to teach us something new. For me, learning to become lucid is quite literally turning a hellish nightmare into a wonderful dream. Like the famous poet John Milton once wrote, 
The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. Look, we have a lot more control of our realities than we realize, even in the waking world. So make sure you check out next week's episode to find out how I was able to overcome the fear and do just that. Which unfortunately brings me to the end of this episode. If this episode spooked you to your core, I deeply apologize, but I hope understanding the inner workings of sleep paralysis helped to destroy the shadow people and the boogeyman altogether. And as you'll find out in the next episode, it has a happy ending, I swear. It's not all just scary stuff, okay? Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Little Curiosities. I spilled my childhood nightmare guts to you, and I hope you don't get nightmares yourself. But I also hope this episode brought some of these mysteries to light, maybe to some of you who have experienced sleep paralysis yourself. Again, next week is aimed toward the light at the end of the tunnel, and I swear there is one, using sleep paralysis to control your dreams. And even if you don't get sleep paralysis, you can experience lucid dreaming yourself. So I'll show you how to do that next week. I even have like a step-by-step -step breakdown on how to lucid dream. It's really exciting stuff, so I hope you tune in. If you found this episode helpful, or maybe in this week's case, terrifyingly intriguing, share it with a friend. You'll be surprised to find just how many people experience the frightening world of sleep paralysis, and this could potentially help them just like it did for me. Also, I always appreciate when you leave a comment, I read them all. If this episode makes you experience sleep paralysis, I'm sorry, but also leave a comment and let me know. You may actually be glad you did experience sleep paralysis from this episode. I know it seems weird now, but you'll know why next week. And make sure to subscribe if you don't already to stay up to date with new episodes on Little Curiosities. I hope you have a wonderful day. Ciao! Little Curiosities with Kendall Long is a Q-Code production. Executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson. Produced by Ryan Countshouse. Edited by Will Tendy. Music by Kendall Long and Will Tendy. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.